You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast, and we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the Second Chance Coachman, Michael David Huey. Welcome to another session of the Heat Fluence Podcast. I love doing these interviews. I love, I, I say this all the time, this season of my life, um, I want to connect with people who have a heart for God, for people who um, have a heart to, you know, we we say I did the announcements at church this weekend, and, and um, we have a mission statement at the church. And it's that we want to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And I thought, man, that should be all of our mission statement, right? <laughs> like no matter where we are in life, we should want to be. Able to, and, and and so one of the things I like about my guest today is, is Schlibberhoff has been in ministry uh, for over 50 years. That's a long time to be in ministry. Uh, that's a long time, uh, Shirley. And, and, and one of the things that I know, you know, we're across the nation, no matter where you're, where you're at, you know, we're kind of in this season of weather is changing. And in Florida, it doesn't really change that much here for us. It's, it's a blessing that now, like this morning, I went to an FCA event. Um, for those who are not aware that, um, you know, missions, uh, uh, this ministerial position with the fellowship of Christian athletes. And it's been rewarding. I'm just, you know, a couple weeks in, I came back from boot camp, and I realized my wife said a couple months ago when we were praying and fasting. So we have, we have decided to fast and pray the first five days of every month. Now we pray every day for at least 45 minutes an hour together in the morning and at night. And we have a prayer board, which you can't see, but it's behind me here. And we pray for people. We pray for donors. We pray for people who want to support us. And, and um, you know, I've laid down a couple of our businesses and I was told I couldn't pick them up until we were fully funded for our, our mission and vision of what we're going to do. And God is, is right there with us. And so I, I, I believe that when you've, when you've been in ministry, as long as Shirley has, um, you've seen it all. Like you've seen the ups, you've seen the downs. Um, and, and, you know, having a, a, a husband who has a heart is important, who has a heart for God is very important. And so I know now, even just a little bit that I know about her is we had the hardest time, even just trying to connect, like for us to talk. And my wife and I looked at each other and we were like, I should just tell her to just schedule, right? Like, because God wants to use her voice and wants us to be connected. Like I selfishly say, sometimes these podcasts are just for us to connect with like-minded and heart-minded people. And so um, I'm I'm honored that that Shirley is with us today. And so Shirley, welcome to the Heatfluence Podcast. Um, I'm super excited to get to know you and more about you and for people that we know and love and, and follow us to know about you. So thanks for being with me today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, and it's funny, we, we, we were, we were doing technological things before we started, right? Like we were <laughs> working on background screens and walking through, you know what? I think that that's just what the kingdom is about. It's about being able to, um, help people encourage them, strengthen them, 
you know, I, I was sharing with Shirley and, and, and I told her that I wanted her to share her story with you so that, you know, where she came from, what she's doing now. And then I, I told her, like, I let the Holy Spirit lead us and where we go. Like you, you can usually people can talk about anything, but usually when you know God's leading you to talk about a certain topic that the person really excels in those areas, you have that uh, blessing of being able to do that. But I think once we allow ourselves to be open to the Lord leading and guiding and directing us, things change. Like, you know, you, you don't, you, you know, I said this to Shirley and before she shares, I said, the Lord said, I want you to be, he said at one time in my life, he said at one time in your life, you've, you've read the story and it's when, you know, the rich young boy came to Jesus and he said, what do I have to do to have eternal life? Right. And he said, you know, go and sell everything you have, um, give it to the poor and come and follow. And the little boy was like, really? Like, <laughs> that's all you want me to do? Right. And I understood that recently. I understood that recently. And I, I've seen that in my life. God didn't give us the word just for us to read. It's for revelation. It's for edification. It's for advancement. It's for alignment. It's for prof- prophecy and, and, and things that can allow us to walk in that. So, Shirley, why don't, because I'm excited, I feel like I know a little bit about Shirley, but I want to know more about Shirley. Like my wife said, uh, you know, I want to know more about Shirley. So tell us about who you are, where you came from, a little bit about your ministry that you've, you know, you and your husband have done for a long time. Just tell us who Shirley is. I'm excited to hear. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, I was born and raised in a Christian family and, um, I, as a very young child, actually remember going to a, a camp meeting and kneeling and asking Jesus to come into my heart. So from, I think I was five. And, um, but, you know, one of the things I think that we don't understand that happens with children is that they think concretely. And in my mind, Jesus came into my heart, but I did not really know how all that worked together. And so I kind of looked around and, and in my early years, I, I, found out there were certain things Christians did and didn't do and said and didn't say. And, <laughs> and I've seen uh, it all, right. You've seen it and heard it all in 50 <laughs> years of ministry, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I basically, my growing up years were, were really, I, I found that I could, I could um, please people. And I thought I could please God by just being really good. And so even though I had asked Jesus to come into my heart, I didn't have an understanding of my own sin and I worked so hard at being good that I really never had a feeling of um, a sinful heart and, and that I needed a savior. I kind of thought God needed me. <laughs> and so Don't we all, right? Yeah. <laughs> like he needs me. He needs me. Yeah, right. Yeah, I get um, it. Yeah. I was, you know, I was a good girl. And, uh, and you wouldn't have really seen a lot in my life that you would have called sin. Um, I, I grew up, got married, married a guy who was going to be a pastor and, um, we were in seminary and, um, I was kind of a romanticist and a lot of the little dreams that I'd had all my life kind of started falling apart. You know, we had some marriage problems early on and I had a baby before I really anticipated and we didn't have the money that to do all the things we needed to do. And, uh, and I was a thousand miles away from my family and, and no, no real support there as far as family's concerned. And it's during that time that God began just dealing with me and reminding me of the empty places in my heart, you know, and I knew the scripture said that he wanted to give us abundant life, <laughs> but I had to admit that I didn't have it. And I, 
as as I struggled through months, really months, of trying to fix what was what was wrong inside of my heart. And I, I had studied some psychology. I did a lot of mental gymnastics, trying to forgive myself or blame it on somebody else or who knows what. I even asked God to forgive me more mm. than once. Mm. Or, I think that's but important. I, just, I couldn't see. It was, it was like I wanted a Band-Aid to fix it, to make it go away. But I really wow. think that I still didn't understand the fact that I was really... Um, a sinner who was totally lost and needed a savior. And I don't know that I really intended to let God run my life. <laughs> I just wanted him to take care of this awful stuff that was going on inside. And thankfully, I we were in Asbury Seminary during the time of the Asbury Revival in 1970. Wow. I, I actually stayed away from that. Um, I had been praying and seeking God, but I was terrified at the same time to go where I knew God was working <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going to happen, and I kind of stayed away from that. But, boy, I began to just see in the hearts and countenances and lives of people around me as God set them free, the hunger and desire in my heart to be set free just grew so deep that I I finally couldn't stand it. And one night I just said I I didn't know what to do because I'd been at the altar so many times. It seemed like nothing changed. And I just finally went in by my bed and I said, God, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm not getting up until you do something in my life. Cause I've tried everything. I can't, I can't do it anymore. And I don't know what to do, <laughs> but I don't want to be the same. I don't want to live like this anymore. And honestly, I thought it would take all night, but the first thing God revealed to me was my own heart. And that's the first time I'd ever seen that sin in my heart was worse than any sin that I could have performed on the outside and that times when I nobody would have ever known there was sin going on God showed me how selfish and manipulative and proud that I had been and I when you look at that in God's presence Mm -hmm. (laughs) um it's horrifying and I knew that I was lost I knew that he really shouldn't even forgive me and might not. And so I just cried out for his forgiveness. And and really, it all happened in just a matter of seconds, I think. I don't know how long it took, but I was, as I cried out for his forgiveness, and I knew that I received it, the, the weight, all the struggle inside of me was gone. And I woke up the next morning, and I was singing this song, I found what I wanted, my searching is through. So I just sing that. I forgot to tell everybody that that you could sing. I forgot about that because if y'all don't know it well, and I, and and as she goes on and and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just think it's important that we know that Miss Shirley can sing. And so she loves to sing. I could tell that from some of the stuff that I looked at. So so I'm glad that you did that because, and, and, and Shirley, before you move on, how old were you at that time when all of that freedom and 21, Okay, probably just barely 22. Awesome. It happened in the spring of 1970. Okay, awesome. So, um, you know, I I just, the the struggles that I had with the reality of God or the struggles that I had with, with um, the the inner guilt and, and you know, hiding because I was afraid if people could see the real me inside, they would never love me. That was gone. And I, I found great joy in, in, um, the Lord and, and it, he began working in my life. And it was, um, there's so many things I could share and we would not have time for all of those, but, um, 
But early in our ministry, God introduced me to um, well, the very first thing that happened as a new pastor's wife, they wanted me to lead the ladies Bible study. And so I took this ladies Bible study and it was so discouraging to me because nobody ever um, did their lesson. <laughs> and half the time people just would come or they wouldn't come and no one seemed committed to it. And we talked about surface things and I, my heart was so grieved over that. And I just, I told my husband, I said, I don't know if I'm going to do that again. I think I'm going to just look for somebody who really wants to study God's word and see what he has to say to them and how he can change them. And then when we are together, we'll have a hundred percent attendance <laughs> and we'll have our lessons studied. <laughs> yeah. Likely, so I, likely, right. Likely to happen, right. <laughs> no, I, I, there was a brand new believer and I asked her if she wanted to study God's word with me. And, um, we began to study, and then as different ones came, new believers or people who were searching for Jesus and a closer walk with him, and and these gals began to come, and and people who were who I, I I can't even describe to you how exciting it was because they would ask me questions. They came with their lessons done. They wanted to be there. They were hungry for God. What you were looking for. That's what yeah. you were looking for, right? Yeah. yeah, and I had grown up in the church, and I knew a lot of the word, but you know, they'd ask me questions, and one lady said to me, well, where in the Bible does it say you can live without sin? And I'd go home and I'd say, God, where in the Bible does it say you can live without sin? Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit would lead me um, to that place. And I would, I would circle and underline and put arrows and everything, trying to make sure that I could find that again the next time they asked me. And God just pushed me deep into his word. I love that. And uh, I, I'm thankful because I was young and Still you know, in your 20s? Yeah, yeah. This was just within the next few years. And and as God pushed me deep into his word and began to apply it to my own life and spoke to me specifically through his word and changed me, changed my marriage and changed my um, parenting, changed everything, really, changed my attitudes in so many ways. Excuse me. And I just, I just began to realize that God's word is powerful. And that's where we need to center, you know, when we're, when we're discipling people, when we're introducing people to Jesus. And <clears throat> over the years, honestly, that's been the, the rock and the foundation, um, for discipling for me and, and, um, I don't know if you want to ask any questions or you oh, want no, to. No, 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 no. I, I, I love that. So, so let me, let me extend on that because. The Lord gave me the topic that we're going to talk about. So it's good because I know that you I already looked through your stuff and saw that you want to talk about this. And I and, and I think I said this to you before, like, I don't believe in coincidence. Like, I don't believe that what I wrote in my in my uh, in my post today and what I heard this morning at FCA and things that you have things. So and 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 before we before we move on to that, um, talk about what happened in your life in 2006. So in 2006, you began writing a, a, a devotional, right? Uh, from God's heart to my heart to yours. So talk briefly about that and the impact that that have. And if, you know, what's transpired since, since 2006 with that. Okay. So, um, in 2006, honestly, my husband and I were going through probably one of the most difficult times in our whole life. And it, 
you know, if you've ever walked any length of time with the Lord, you know that these things are going to happen in our lives. They just are. 40 some years for me. So I I get it. 40 some years. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, um, but this was one of the, one of the most painful and, and as always happens in those moments, you just, I run to the word. I just run to the Lord. And, and I mean, I don't understand it, but I, I know the answers are in him. And I know he will somehow help me through. And so I just, the word just became very precious to me. And as I was reading it and, and studying it, I, I, um, God would just give me insights uh, that were, I thought, amazing. And I wanted to share those with uh, my family and friends and with the people in our church. And so I began sending them to the people in the church. And, um, and I would, they would respond to me in ways that let me know God was working. And some would say, oh my goodness, this just came at a perfect time for me. I can't believe how the timing was so right. And I just needed to hear this today. And so several began asking me too, if I would consider uh, putting them together in a book. And um, that had not been my original intention, but I, I just wondered if God would ever do that. And so I began kind of designing them with a, a format that was repeatable and a word count that was repeatable so that, you know, in case he ever did want to use use this in that way, um, it it would be available. And, um, and so I've been sending those almost every week since 2006 uh, through email. And um, <clears throat> and I um, I missed a few times, but basically I've, I've a few years ago. Um, I began to just wonder if God was wanting me to print them, and especially for my own family, even if I didn't give the book out to anybody else. Man. Because, you know, as I get older, I just want my children and my grandchildren to um, to hear and know how wonderful God is and what he can do in their lives. And so um, I part of your legacy, Shirley, part of your legacy. You, you know, we hear that, we hear that cliche ish, you know, I want to, leave a legacy right but i think and and i'm just i guess i'm i'm going to prophesy this to you is that you hear you, you know you hear that and what you want to do is not just leave a legacy but you want to live a legacy and when we when we're able to live that legacy we like like i'll be honest with you now i'm going to watch my legacy be lived out through the youth or the future generation of the kingdom of god I've been this morning while I was listening to this young girl speak, which is what I would dive into next. I started hearing her talk about every single thing that kids go through right now, the struggle with their identity, their struggle with whether they're a boy or a girl or, you know, the lies. And so that's what I want to that's what I want to dive into. I want to dive in to talking a little bit about something that you're really that you really like to talk about. And that's these lies that the the world tell us about God. Or, you know, um, I spoke at a board meeting for FCA a couple weeks ago, and I talked about identity. And um, I'll, I'll give you a, a condensed version of this, and it'll lead us right into what we're going to share here in this next 15 minutes or so, is that a lot of times, like there was a – I'm an Ohio State graduate – Huge football fan. I, I'm, I'm not as much in, I'm not as overboard as I used to be in my younger years. Um, I used to watch every sport and go to all these different things. And now my, my heart has changed more towards things that 
are kingdom minded for me. And not that I don't love football because I still love football, mm-hmm. but there was a former coach at Ohio state and he is in the hall of fame, the college football hall of fame for coaching. But he, in the eyes of people, Ohio, Ohio state fans, he was never successful because he couldn't beat Michigan. And so Michigan was their rival. So if he looked at the way the fans saw him, they would see him as a guy who was successful but could never beat their rival, right? But he said his identity was not in his losing record against Michigan, but his 115-plus wins that led him into the College Football Hall of Fame that – you know, where they only put the top coaches in history, right? And that he influenced kids' lives and taught them about what their identity was about. And I think a lot of times, you know, we look at, you know, um, all these things that the world is doing, and that's how we see God. We see God as the universe, you know, the we're praying to the universe or – You know, I've seen people recently go on retreats and, you know, use medicinal stuff to kind of take them to what they call this outer body experience or whatever that may be. Right. And I'm like, if you only knew. Right. Like if you only knew what you're doing to yourself by constantly going back and forth with these deceptions and lies that the world has created that you feel makes you feel good, but then you have to run back to that to make you feel good again. Right. And that's not who God is. God does it. God is omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's all knowing. So surely talk about that a little bit about how the devil has, I mean, even just now with what's going on with Israel, you know, like uh, I tell people all the time, I, uh, we really, my grandmother said this to me over and over and over. I will bless those that bless Israel. I will curse those that curse Israel. Like, we're in this time now where everybody is not looking to God for the answers when he is the one who controls the answers. Right. So talk, <laughs> talk about that a yeah. little bit. Well, you know, <clears throat> Satan hates God because he, he is not God. He wishes exactly. he was. He wishes and he was. Yeah. He fights against anything God loves. And so because God loves us, Satan is really finds his greatest pleasure in hurting God through hurting us. And Jesus said the devil is, uh, he came to rob and to kill and to destroy. Jesus came to give us life and give us abundant life. But the problem is Satan, he, he was defeated at the cross. Colossians 2 says that Jesus triumphed over him and made a public spectacle of him. The only thing he has left is a lie. If he can deceive us and we believe it, then it might as well be true. And so we have got to know the word of God. If we don't know God's word, then we will be susceptible to a lie. And the Bible says that Jesus, when he prayed in John 17, he said, your word is truth. And he told us in John 8, when you know the truth, it'll set you free. The problem is we believe a lie. And so if I was the enemy of God and I wanted people not to love him, what would I do? Well, Satan's not a dummy. All he does is tell lies about God. He tells he tells us God doesn't really love us. He tells us that God is not really loving, that God is not kind and merciful. Yeah, he's a God. I've heard this one the other day. He's a God of vengeance. He's yeah. a God of vengeance. He's going to get you. Or he, he we, you know, we, we hear that word fear a lot, uh, Shirley. And, and, and we're like, he's just making us fearful of everything. No, he's not. 
tell us, tell us he's not doing well, that. You know, the, the, the problem is we, we don't go to God's word to find out what he says about himself. That's right. And so our problem is we get into circumstances or in situations and we don't know quite how to interpret them. And so we're trying to interpret God and whether he's good or not by what we see around us. Well, God invites us to go to his word and get to know who he is and what he says about himself. Good. Then when circumstances that we don't understand happen to us, we interpret them, our circumstances, by what we already know about God. Mm. And it makes everything, it changes everything. Because God promises, I mean, he says that he loves us. He doesn't want to destroy people. He says he wants people to turn from sin so that he can bless them and he he made this beautiful world just for us to enjoy. We messed it up because we sinned and we invited the, the destroyer in. But he sent Jesus to make all things new again. And someday he's going to completely do away with all sin. Until then, he invites us to let our lives be his kingdom in which the things that would destroy and and hurt us and wound others around us. He gives us the power in the spirit of God to be able to overcome and, and, and to live above. And so our, our invitation is to trust God, what he says about himself. And then when, when he invites us to do things in the word that seem impossible, we know who he is and what he can do and what he wants to do in our lives. And so he asks us to trust him. And interpret the stuff around us by what we know from the word of God. The problem is we don't know the word of God. We don't. We spend a few minutes in the word on Sunday with the preacher. Maybe we read a a little devotional every day. But we don't come to the word of God and seek the treasure of his wisdom. And try to understand him and know him through the word of God. And when we will do that, and not just read it. But you see, the word of God is for us to hear. We listen while we're reading. It's not like any other book. God wants us to listen for his voice. And when, when he says something to us and we're kind of stopped by that, we need to, we need to take the time to meditate and ask questions. Lord, what are you saying to me here? What do you want me to understand about you? Hard questions, right, Shirley? I know there, I think I was reading one time uh, something you said that I thought was really hard is we have to humble ourselves enough to know (laughs) <laughs> that 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 he's the one that has the answer. So talk about that. The hard questions like, God, you know, you really want me to lay this business down and you really want me to go minister to kids and you really want me to write this book and you really want me, you know, those hard questions. Talk about that. Ans- asking God, you know, because whatever we keep hidden always has that power over us. Right. Like it's 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 like. I said this the other day, God, uh, one of my favorite uh, older pastors was Pastor John Hagee, and he used to say that God is the revealer of secrets, yeah. right? He's the revealer of secrets. So talk about that. Talk about how we can bring, you know, how what we bring into the light and into that presence of God, how it can be healed. Just like when you were in your 20s, you broke off all these limiting beliefs, all these lies, all these things. Finish up and tell us a little bit about that, how we can overcome that and how we can walk in that victory through that. You know, John chapter three, we love John 316, where we talk, God says he loves the whole world so much he gave his son. But if you continue in that chapter, 
it says that those who who come into the light, those who sin are afraid to come into the light. But those who come into the light, then they can be free. They can be free of the things that they're trying to hide in the darkness. And that's one of the things we've got to get uh, got to understand. It's scary to come into the light. We, you know, when we have sin in our heart and when we have doubts and when we have fears, we don't want to expose those. And so we need to ask ourselves hard questions. You know, we need to say, God, what are you trying to say to me in this verse? You know, are you, you know, is there something in my heart that you want to deal with here? And it's scary to do that. But as I bring myself into the light and expose myself to the light, that's the only time I can find healing. Anything I keep hidden, anything I hide is going to, I'm going to stay a prisoner to that. As long as I've got it hidden and I'm trying to, to, to protect it from view, of God or anybody else, I will be its prisoner. What I am willing to bring out into the light and and let God forgive and and change no longer has a hold on me. <clears throat> My devotional book is I've got a copy of it here and I and I, I was just it. reading this morning. I'm reading it's fun because I a friend said, uh, are you read are you going to read this with us? And I said, I am and I am praying over every day for whoever's reading it. But it was interesting because today um, we were talking about standing on rights. The devotional has to do with standing on rights. And the prayer, you know, um, the, I always have a thought to ponder. And, and I, I try to ask really hard questions <laughs> in these thoughts to ponders. And I'm not just asking these of people. When I write these, I'm asking them of myself, you know. And the, the ponder today, this, the uh, thought was about Abraham when he had, when he and Lot got into that, um, problem and, and Abraham was able to let go of his rights and just tell Lot, you know, you pick first. And then he let, he let him choose the best and he knew he would. Um, so I'm not going to go through the whole devotional, but the ponder was, am I a grabber hanging on to and demanding my rights? You know, that's a question that we need to ask and, and we need to ask it in, in the hard moments, you know, when yes. that when we have when we're we're able to expose it, or do I trust the Lord to be the source of all I need and want? And then the prayer was, Lord, in it's it's mo- it's in moments like these when my rights and desires are challenged that I see my heart most clearly. Too often, it is just plain selfish and ugly. <laughs> Please cleanse and change me. You know, when we are, when we're able to just, you know, expose our hearts and be willing to look at the selfishness, the ugliness, the, 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 the pettiness, the manipulation, the pride, the stubbornness. Ego, right? (laughs) My, my grandmother had this, 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 um, algorithm of ego edging God out. Right. (laughs) The biggest, the biggest ego, uh, is ourselves. Right. And so, you know, if we'll, if we want to be rid of that, the Holy Spirit is so willing to show us, but it's hard to see it. And so life's circumstances often are the things that God uses. A lot of times it's life's people, (laughs) even our spouse or our children or the people in our church or the people that we work with or the neighbors that we're trying to deal with. You know, when God lets things happen that are hard, we just want to recoil and back up and get mad and, and, and demand, you know, that they listen to us and think the way we do. But God is trying to help us see something 
inside of ourselves. And if we will bring that to him, he can show us. I love that. And he is so powerful, but he's so faithful to be able to reveal to us what we need to see. He wants to make us like Jesus. Amen. And he promised us in Romans 8, 28 and 29, you know, all things work together for good for those who love God and are fitting into his purposes. Well, what That's are it. his purposes? That's it. Say that again, Shirley. Say that again, because people <laughs> well, don't understand that. It's not fitting into our purposes, right? Yeah. If if we're trying to fit into his purposes, then everything that it comes into our life is is we can believe that he's going divine. To it's it's always divine, good. right? It's always and divine. The, and the very next verse, he tells us what his purposes are. For those he foreknew, he predestined that they would become like his son. That's his purpose. Yeah. He knew me before that I ever knew him. Number he of hairs me. on our head, he, all of that. He he didn't. He knew I was going to choose him. And because he knew I was going to choose him, he foreordained that I would become like him. And oh that's God. his plan and his purpose. So there's not a thing that he allows into my life that he cannot use for that. And you know what? If he can't use it for his glory and my good, it will not enter my life. And that. that is such a freeing thing. You know, he's too wise to make a mistake. He's too or too good to be unkind. And I just can trust that if God let it happen, then I can grow in it. I can trust him. He can become glorified and he can use it to make me more like him yes. and to uh, draw other people to him. That is a free way to live. That is a free way to live. That is a free way to live. And so, yeah, that's, that's, I think one of the things that we forget sometimes is, is that that is the free way to live, right? Like yeah. that, that is, that is the free way to live. Because when I was reading through, and then I'll let you tell us how people can get your devotion and, and stuff like that. But one of the things I was reading that I really liked about what you said about kind of your, your, your mission for that devotion was that you not only give people, you know, the, the, uh, your own personal reflection on the scriptures, but you leave people with pointed in direction uh, of questions and prayer, which they can take to develop a deeper relationship uh, with, with Jesus. And so you, you guide them through it, but you also challenge them in which they can be inspired and, and ultimately changed. So I honor that, that you've, that you spent that much time to be able to do that. So tell us how people can, can get your devotion and that's, this will all be in the show notes and everything, but just tell us how people can connect with you and get your devotion and know a little bit more about it. Okay. Well, it's available on amazon.com just um, from God's heart to my heart to yours. And, um, and this is what it looks like. So there's a picture of it on amazon.com and you can order it there. And um, if this is not like any, this is not like most devotionals. Um, my husband was just saying the other day, you know, so many, so many times he feels he, I mean, he knows me and, and we talk about these things all the time, but he said, I he better just, know you, Shirley. He better know you he better know you. <laughs> We've been married for over 55 years. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say if, 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 um, if, uh, you know, if, if he didn't know you, if he didn't know you, then if, if Kirby didn't know Shirley, 
there should be something wrong after 50 some <laughs> years of being together. Right. So, but yeah. you know, he, he told, he, he just comes to me often and he's really, uh, God is, he said, God's speaking to him through these devotionals and of course, challenging him. I wouldn't expect anything that. different. I wouldn't expect now, anything different. It kind of startles me. I don't know why, but I just, I think it's so wonderful because what, what my heart is, is not to just write a feel good devotional. And so I've never, I've never that. wanted that. I, I just want people to grow in their faith. I want them to be challenged in their faith. I want them to understand new truths that God wants to build into their lives. And so that is my goal. And, and if you're looking for something that just makes you feel good, then probably this isn't the right book. But if you want something that motivates and challenges you, and it will inspire you, I think, because God's word always does that. But it, when, when God's word comes to us, he comes, it comes as a sword. It's a double-edged sword because he knows how to break right through to where we really are and what's really true about us in our life. And with the, and he doesn't do that to shame us. He does that to set us free. Yes. Fill us with himself. Yes. And to give us that abundant life that he promised. I love that. I love that. I think one of the things, so today, also, as I sum this up, and, and this will all be in the show notes, you can, I actually have Shirley's book pulled up to, download it my wife and i use kindle and we share an account so that we can actually do things together i really like it that we get to do those things together and when you were talking i think it's great like i'm inspired by my wife like my wife i have a picture of her right here in front of us uh i'm inspired by her because she has such a prophetic gift she told me the very day my father was going to get saved uh 15 years ago uh i woke up on a sun on a sunday and she told me my she said, Hey, your dad's going to get saved. And I said, yeah, I know. And she, I said, eventually she said no tomorrow. <laughs> and, and I woke up that next day and my father gave his heart to Christ that day when he was on his, in his bed. And so, you know, you, you, my wife is, is in the process of writing a book. Oh, and uh, so it's why I feel we both will eventually be in ministry together. She's a nurse right now, but that's not her calling. And when I saw, you know, your story from, you know, life to faith, to confidence, to the things that you do. Um, I don't see how Mr. Kirby could not be encouraged and <laughs> want to go into uh, a deeper. So, so Shirley, thank you so much. All these will be in uh, um, the, the show notes, uh, you know, your website um, and everything that people can do to go. Cause I think it's important that, you know, we find things. The reason why I was real excited to interview Shirley is because she challenges people. And I don't think that when we go to church that we just go to church or we just read the Bible or we do a devotion just to check the box. Let me just my grandmother said, do this, check the box. She said, do this, check the box. The pastor said, do this, check the box. No. We do things to lead us into a deeper and more intimate relationship with Jesus. And mm -hmm. I, I, I said this, I said our mission statement in the very beginning. And I think you just heard, um, um, Shirley say everything that we talked about in that mission statement from, from the very beginning. And so thank you for sharing your heart today. Um, I say this as we end every podcast. Um, love God, love people and live with passion, vision and purpose. I believe what you've heard today from Shirley 
is that she lives with passion, vision, and purpose. She's living a legacy, but she's leaving a legacy. And, and truly, I just, I'm going to say this to close this in is that not only are you living this legacy for your children and your grandchildren, but you know, the Bible says behind every good man is an even stronger and better woman. <laughs> so it, it, it's the, we, it's the word. It's what God's word says, right? And so it even says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor with God. Well, I can tell you that when I look at this person right here at Lisa, I know that even through the separation, through the trials, through the tribulations that, um, a friend sticks closer than a brother. And my wife is my friend. Uh, I don't know how after 50 years, you know, someone cannot be your friend, you know, and supports it. So just him saying that, you know, you've made an impact in his life, uh, encourages me because that's my goal. I want to make, I want to make my wife better. I want to make her encouraged. I want to make her calling and purpose greater. So I hope until the next session of the Heatfulness podcast that that you guys will connect with Shirley, that you will get her devotion. But as I said, live with passion, vision, and purpose. And so to the next episode of the Heatfluence podcast, have a great rest of your day. God bless you and be encouraged. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Heatfluence podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And as always, you can follow Michael on all social media platforms at Michael David Huey or www.michaeldavidhuey.com. Until next time, God bless and take care.